Planet Doc Radio Show. This week's episode, The, the Case, Case of, of the, the Salacious, Salacious Calendar. I'm only in Mini Eco on Mondays to brief my supervisor every other week on my inspections and ask him how to implement the permit. We read it together as if scripture, trying to figure out how to be reasonable regulators. Like the holy book, it is subject to interpretation. Bureaucrats from implementation teams in various regions debate the type of facilities required to apply, even though it states clearly refrigerated warehousing, SIC code 4222, general warehousing, SIC 4225, and farm product warehousing, 4221, require permit coverage. However, each region of Ecotopia is a fiefdom, Pete and I in the southern region think all warehouses are in, cold or otherwise. Robert Black in the northern region, faced with hundreds of unpermitted warehouses, says they are CNE eligible, conditional no exposure, because all industrial activity is indoors. We argue the problem is tire and brake wear, zinc and copper sources, respectively. Polluted stormwater runoff enters streams, rivers, and the sacred sound, impacting water quality. They say... Metals toxicity in fish is lying on my desk, unopened. Do I really want to know? Is 8,000 ppb coming off the maintenance shop roof at the port of Ecotopolis a big deal? It would be in freshwater, where trout will avoid zinc at 6 parts per billion. But the ionic strength in saltwater lowers metal toxicity. EPA says zinc and copper are acutely toxic in marine water at 90 parts per billion and 4.8 parts per billion, respectively. Mini-Eco says copper is presumed to not impact water quality if it is under 14 parts per billion. Salmonids have difficulty avoiding predation at 2 parts per billion copper. Ecotopian metals discharged 600 parts per billion copper for many years until the baykeepers sued their pants off. That motivated change far more effectively than the toothless permit and anemic state enforcement. Yet, without the permit, attorney Dick Jones can't come riding in on his black horse, dragging our permittees to federal court on a rope as they squall all the way. Vigilante, help me, Mini-Eco. Find me, please. But with double indemnity forbidden, a fine trumps a suit and is much cheaper. But we cannot help them once they've been sued. We did that once, and it blew up under public, public scrutiny. scrutiny. No more, no matter how much they beg, once the notice of intent to sue hits the fan, we, we cut, cut the, the rope. rope. Some permittees refuse to change behavior. No fine is too big. They just keep writing checks and cutting trees. James McBridewell of Spanky Lumber, who preserves lumber with copper, complains if you test at parts per billion levels, you're going to find something. He also calls a black anoxic ditch a bioswale, which is supposed to be a green, grassy stormwater treatment sloth. They design and build treatment systems without asking for approval, so we find them $15,000, $30,000. The last one was $169,000. They still didn't send in the engineering report. They have so much revenue, they didn't notice an employee embezzling $2.5 million by selling virtual logs.
Mr. McBridewell thinks it's all ridiculous, and many ecos should leave businesses alone. It is ludicrous, but we still have to go through the motions and appearances of environmental protection, and let Jones and the baykeepers do the dirty work. So, I drive around the countryside in the state hybrid listening to music Tuesday through Thursday, looking for zinc. The farther away I get from the port, following the river up the floodplain toward the volcano, there is less industry and more open rural farmland. For now. Increasingly, distribution center big boxes are falling from the sky, obliterating agricultural resources and generating copper and zinc-laden stormwater. From the top of the hill, they stretch as far as the eye can see. Many eco doesn't want to touch them. Too many. If so, then we should cancel all warehouses currently permitted and take the presumptive approach. The little awning prevents exposure to industrial activity when the semi backs up to the portal. No pollution coming from a warehouse, unless it is refrigerated. Then the HVAC cooling system on the roof is related to the industrial activity inside, and they need the permit. But if an identically galvanized air conditioning unit on an office building gets rained on, it is exempt. We don't do offices or office parking lots. And apparently not tractor-trailer parking lots either. I don't know why I came into the office this morning. Usually I just park in the garage, grab a car, and go. It was good I did, though, for in my seat was an official note from my boss that he needed to see me before I went into the field. Oh, rush with anxiety. I think of all the policy infractions it could be. Tardiness. Absenteeism. Personal use of state resources to bring home antique furniture. Or plants. Reluctantly, I walk the long cubicle aisle past my colleagues to my boss's cube on the end. He takes me to a meeting room, closes the door behind me. We sit. The light is too bright, mouth arid, heart palpitating. I'll drop the suspense, he begins uncomfortably. There's been a complaint. Someone feels a calendar of a scantily clad woman should not be hanging right on the walkway where visitors are escorted. It needs to come down. But that's my sister! I blurt out in defense while thinking, Woo, is that all? New problem. Can I just put it somewhere only I can see it? I feel I must fight for my sister. It would be best to simply remove it. My eyes missed up slightly. Each Monday when I came around the corner to my cube, I saw my belly dance goddess sister reclining in full tribal glory, wearing so many silver bracelets and necklaces, the only thing showing is her navel. My heart would swell with pride. Pride would spill over into my work. No longer. Sister must live in the drawer with her accompanying magnet troop. My colleagues console me. Matt says in his gravelly pirate voice, I'm offended that someone was offended. Everyone agrees I need a big blue burka calendar. They surf the internet, de minimis, on state time to find photos for me. They print out one using state resources. I pin it up where the calendar had been. Not too large, 
but definitely a statement. After the whole ordeal and much vetting over the complainer going straight to the deputy director, Pete takes me to the far end of the building near the entrance where visitors hang out, admiring the brilliant Polynesian jungle mural. Hidden images of natives, monkeys, and plumed birds taunt the eye. I have to look carefully to discern them. How many nipples do you see? Pete asks. Peaked. My eyes reveal after his suggestion. The natives are topless embracing couples. I count seven exposed nipples, two curves of a naked ass, and one triangular feature between feminine hips. When I point to it, mouth open, Pete says what I'm thinking. Mons Veneris. Satisfied with the status quo, that all wrong is all right. We laugh and drive off into the field together to hunt zinc and cruise antique stores. Tune in, Tune in next, next week, week to find, find out, out what this intrepid duo, duo faces sworn, sworn to serve and protect, and protect the, people the people and environment, environment of, of Ecotopia, Ecotopia and, and waters, waters of the state. Of the state.